Welcome to the Really Useful Podcast. My name is Christian Corley, and with me this week is Ian Buckley. Hey, how's it going, folks? It's nice to be back. Hey, Christian, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, mainlining coffee this morning. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we are here to give you the information that you need as a non-techie person uh, about how to make the best use of the technical world around you, whether it's uh, hardware or software or services on the internet, all that kind of thing. There's a good chance that you're not using it to its full capability or that you just don't understand what's going on. Well, we're here to translate things, make things simpler for you to get the most out of what you're using. Think of making yourself more productive with your tech and uh, we're here to answer the questions, fill in the gaps. Uh, on this week's really useful podcast, we're going to be looking at um, the new re releases from Apple. We're going to be looking at uh, Flickr who have introduced a limit on photo uploads. We're going to try and find out whether or not there is such a thing as an unbiased news source. Oh, boy. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be uh, also taking a look at uh, what the best printer is uh, in terms of your budget and um, look, keeping in costs low. And we're also going to finally take a quick look at DIY computer desks. Now, uh, you can uh, enjoy the Really Useful podcast on YouTube. Um, you'll see us both on there. Hello. 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 <laughs> Uh, if, if you'd like to, uh, you might also prefer to uh, listen to us. You'll be able to find us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Podcasts mm -hmm. and pretty much and all the major podcast uh, hosts. You will find us there. And uh, we, we, we're, uh, yeah, we're uh, ready to go. So let's go straight away into uh, Apple, who have unveiled a new MacBook Air, a new Mac Mini and an I a new iPad Pro. Uh, these have been released uh, in the, uh, the past week. Now, I, I happen to know that uh, we have not identical, but sort of similar views when it comes to Apple stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, and I, I kind of feel like while we should go through all of these three separate products and talk about them for the you know for their merits, uh, you know, and and all this kind of stuff, I I I feel like the caveat I always feel like saying as soon as Apple is mentioned is um. If you really like Apple products and you have the money, then yeah, get them. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna really enjoy them. If you don't mind maybe having to spend a bit more to get it repaired when it goes wrong, then fine. And then please do get it because they there's a reason why Apple have cornered the market. They are easier to use for some people. Uh, and if you already have an iPhone, then it makes sense for everything else you have to sure. to, to, to fit that. Um, and the second half of that sentiment is if you are ever going to buy anything from Apple, just know that much like many other things in life, you can get the same thing or at least the same processing power just without the sheen for much, much less. And it's all down to what you want as a user experience. I think that's the most uh, diplomatic way I can put it. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd largely agree with that. I think yeah. uh, my, a lot of people use Apple because oh, it looks great and yeah. it's prestigious. At the same time, a lot of people use Apple because it's, Apple products because they're simply so straightforward to use. There's no messing about. You can do what you need to do in a, a very small number of steps. Uh, my wife, for instance, uh, she's recently switched from a Windows phone, mm -hmm. not a bad Windows phone either, a, a, a flagship at the time, a Lumia 950 mm -hmm. Excel, to uh, an iPhone success. She has an iPad Air, and we used to have an Apple TV. And you know, um, she's also used the Android phones, and she's finding. The iPhone, ridiculously simple to use. It's yeah. got a much better camera 
Actually, it's probably only got a slightly better camera than the Lumia 950, but it's a lot easier to use the camera. Uh, it's a lot easier to get stuff on Instagram or mm. any other social network using using that. And, you know, it's a basic use for a lot of people. It's just take a photo, share it quickly, mm. check email quickly, make a phone call quickly with a minimum of fuzz. And, you know, Apple just does everything so well. Everything is so straightforward. We've all seen the Apple adverts, for, well, at least the, the adverts for the iPhone, uh, which I don't think they do that many these days. Because I remember the old ones. Show you the, the quick process of getting through everything and then it might yeah. say little grey writing at the bottom and actual steps not shown or whatever. But <laughs> regardless, it's still quick yeah. uh, and slick and easy to use. And I think, you know, that's pretty much why we're here to help people make things, to help people find a way of using things. And Apple, that's cap caught to Apple's raison d'etre. It is. And that's and that's one of the things that I think uh, I think you've highlighted very, very well. The reason why I think no matter what, you know, there's a lot of people, especially in the tech world, who have nothing good to say about Apple. Um, and, and I should qualify the things I was saying before, despite having, like I said, the opinion of the, the for me, it's cost. Cost has always been the big thing. And of course, if maybe if I was someone where uh, the amount of money I spent on things was less of an important factor, because mm. there are people out there who you know, wealth means something different to every person. And um, for me, if I kind of left that aside, I don't know if I would feel the same way. But you, I think you've uh, really hit the nail on the head um, that so many people are so used to having the, the iPhone that they, they don't have their phone, they have their iPhone. Um, and then it, it follows that the other products from Apple would be used for that. So you want a laptop, you get a MacBook. You want a, a, a you know a desktop computer. Admittedly, a lot of people don't even bother. They don't need those. But if you do, get um, an iMac. Um, but which brings us straight to the new Mac Mini. That's the one that is interesting. It stands out to me. Yeah. Out of all of them, the Mac Mini is the one that uh, that I I can't see that many people just getting a Mac Mini for uh, because they like the like the look of it. You know what I mean? I like the sound of it. You, that's a functional computer. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, and the old Mac Mini at the time was amazing because uh, compared to the other mini PCs you could get, it was it was it was significantly better if I remember correctly. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is interesting to see that back, and especially the uh, it's the, the, the top end um, Apple uh, computers, the Pro, has mm. uh, had uh, a bit of a checkered life over the past few years. Mm. So yeah, it is interesting to see that, and with USB-C as well, uh, which is the latest USB um, connection format. I don't have one handy to demonstrate, uh, but it's it's the kind of um, long thin one with the curved ends. Uh, if you can see that, that's USB Type C there. Yes. Yeah. So um, f for that to be, cause, you know, cables, cable management is a massive problem, and you know, we we have too many cables. We all have too many cables, and um, we've all got cables from old phones. You know, even if you've got cables from old iPhones, you know, you you you've got you've probably got at least two different types of cable. Mm. Uh, so for the if if the Mac Mini using USB C is an indication that Apple is moving away from the Lightning port, then uh, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, ab absolutely. Um, USB-C uh, is something that I would suggest if you have, uh, yeah, if you have the option of getting things with the USB-C port. And as we said, that's the one that looks, you know, it looks like a, a sort of like an oval shape. Uh, or, or, it, sort of cylindrical, isn't it? it? Cylindrical, yeah. <laughs> um, but anything, I do, uh, two, two tech journalists struggle over the names for shapes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
If you, but yeah, I, I get. I, I'm hoping that USB-C becomes a standard because it is uh, as a format. Um, you don't need to know why, but um, USB-C cables can do a lot. And yeah. um, there's a reason why the new MacBooks uh, have just a USB-C connection, and that's because the 20 or so volts that the computer requires, or the five volts that it can provide as USB, it knows how to do it. It just, it, uh, it, it's yeah, it can do it. Is the easiest way of saying it without going into technical details. Um, and it, and uh, as to the again the uh, the new iPad Pro, if I remember correctly, it does does that also have USB-C? Um, I can't remember. I was just looking at this, but I've I've lost it. Because I I I I don't know if I was just reading an article which was saying does this mean that USB-C will be the thing, or whether it actually has it. I can't see right now. Okay. Well, let me just uh, go th go through these. So there's the new MacBook Air, which is going to set you back uh, $1,200. There's a new Mac Mini, which is around $800, and the new iPad Pro, uh, also $800, uh, though you can go higher. Yeah. Probably you can go higher with any of these, in fact. Uh, yeah, it, it is interesting to see the Mac Mini um, revised uh, yes. in that way. Um yeah, I mean, that's a basic $800. That's for the uh, Intel Core i3 processor version. And there are going to be higher versions, bigger versions. It's uh, that's, that's, that's the thing with Apple. There's no new iPhones this year. And if you are interested in buying those, then uh, you know you could wait a few months until the mm. prices come down a bit or look for an offer or whatever. Or you could sell your old gear, but that's not worth as much as it was a few weeks ago. So, uh, yeah. Uh, if you are in bed with Apple, then... Uh, that those are the things that you're probably interested in uh, buying. So to not to not leave it on from uh, to not leave it on a complete negative from my perspective, I would say that if you do want a very lightweight functional computer to not do anything too heavy hardware-wise with, uh, and you do have the money to spare, a MacBook Air is going to be good. It's going to have a decent battery mm. life. It's going to be very easy to use. It's going to look great. The screen's going to be fantastic. Um, but uh, at, at the same price, uh, you could get two laptops with almost the same specs um and you've got to ask yourself uh, if you don't need mac os whether now might be a good time to learn how to use another operating system because you literally could save yourself half the money you would spend on it it's yeah. all down to whether how much you value um yeah so it's all to, it's all down to how much value you're willing to put into tech i suppose sure um, so yeah that's uh that's what's going on with apple and all that hardware is available, and you know that they've got the timing right because it's nearly Christmas. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's a surprisingly good timing there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, in April 2018, SmugMug acquired Flickr from Oath, mm. and now Flickr is no longer going to be completely free to use. You get a maximum of 1,000 photos with a free Flickr account, or you can pay $5.99 a month or $49. 99 a year which will work out cheaper than uh, around six dollars a month uh to use Flickr pro for unlimited uploads and uh a few things about this have surprised me that um actually i'd forgotten people were using Flickr. actually uh, yeah, that's the here. main thing yeah uh, and then there's also the fact that you know uh we've we've got we've got google photos and google drive stories we've got um, OneDrive storage and iCloud storage, which all offer vast amounts, which would give you more than a thousand photos. Mm. So uh, you, you've got a few thoughts about why they might have done this, don't you? I do. Um, and uh, I, 
when we were first kind of discussing this, uh, it, it, it sort of seemed that a very strange move to take this service that has historically been free and to limit it. Um, yeah. But I, um, I I kind of have a bit of a theory about it, uh, which is, of course, completely unproved conjecture. But this is conjecture. <laughs> but this is a podcast. So that's what people do. Um, Smugmug, if you're not familiar with them, I, I I'd sort of had passing. Uh, I, I had I was actually aware of them um, uh, as they are a, a premium uh, photo service. I, they kind of describe themselves, if I remember correctly, as it's it's not just a place for professional photographers to put their photographs. It's a place where professional photographers are valued. It's a, a, a premium network for people who want to uh, who work as photographers and want a great place for uh, portfolios and mm. things like that. Now, um, I, I might not have that one hundred percent correct, but the fact remains they are a premium photography service. Sure. Flickr used to be a place, and I, I have a Flickr account. I haven't looked at it for years, I think, but I have a Flickr account. Um, and I put photos up there that I'd taken with my digital camera. And then I got an Android phone, and I never used Flickr again because I could take photos on the phone, and then they would be stored in my Google account. And over time, that has uh, evolved to the point that if you were someone who was anything other than a professional photographer, you would take photos with your phone, which would automatically be backed up to the cloud. Then you could just flag which were the photos you wanted people to see, and that could be a, a, a public-facing album. And yeah. indeed, you can set up Google Photos um, to just have a public-facing album for the public, and then you can keep all your stuff behind the uh, the curtain, as it were, something I should probably write an article about. Um, mm -hmm. And um, so... Turning Flickr into part of their premium service, in my mind, makes sense. Not because they think more people will pay for it. Some people probably will if they're deep into Flickr. But because why fight with Google? Why fight with Apple? Why fight with any of the services that will give you free online storage for all of your photos? Um, yeah, when when they're already synced to their devices. I don't I know if that's... I, yeah. yeah, well... It, it does seem strange. Uh, I'm sure they've got a good idea. I'm sure they believe this is going to work uh, and it's going to work out for the best for everyone. Yeah. Uh, if you have a Flickr account and you yeah. have uh, more than a thousand photos in it, you have until January the 8th to do something about that. There are ways you can download your, uh, your photos, your snaps, uh, anything that you've got up there to get it be below the thousand uh, would, would be a wise idea. Uh, then again, you know, you don't know if they're going to change it again in future. There's no guarantee against that. They might drop it down to 500. Yeah, you've no, uh, you've not really any. Uh, that's the thing as to what happens next. It's really hard to say. Um, I yeah. would, I, I'd, again, absolutely uh, conjecture. I'm sure this is absolute rubbish, but uh, it wouldn't be the first time that uh, a company uh, acquires uh, another company, changes its service, and then functionally shuts it down. And I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the Flickr name became just part of Smugmug service. Sure. Um, but uh, when you what you uh, what you can do, and um, we do have uh, an article on the Make Use of website about this, uh, just called "Download Flickr Photos with Their Original Resolutions," which teaches you how to do exactly that. If you do have your photos up on Flickr and you want to get them down there before they start getting deleted, which they will be um, from uh, the oldest first, I believe, in January is when they will start getting deleted. Um, there is an article on the on the site which will teach you how to get all of those photos downloaded. Um, and while off the top of my head, I can't uh, think of a service that would do it. I'm sure there's a way of doing that in bulk as well. Yeah. Um, but the main thing you need to know is if you have a Flickr account, you have two months and three days to get them down to 1,000 photos or they will start deleting whatever photos they think should be deleted first from your account. 
Absolutely. So move, move swiftly, move quickly, and uh, use one of the alternative services um, to store your photos online, or maybe uh, keep things stored locally on a DVD or hard drive or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you could use Amazon Photos. You could use Google Photos. Uh, I personally use Google Google Photos, and obviously, you know, no affiliation there in any way. Just from personal use, I found it. Uh, very easy to use as to whether you want to give google all your photos is absolutely up to you i understand why mm. you wouldn't um but uh, yeah I, I i was surprised actually with how intuitive google photos was in terms of searching and things i'll give you a funny story now mm. a slightly slightly amusing story um some months ago uh, i was using my hp laptop and had to had cause to reinstall windows mm. and i backed up as much as i could using recovery software um, I had a bit of a problem with some of the photos uh, because this was down to a failed update, if I remember rightly. And then mm. there was a problem with the reinstallation. Uh, anyway, what happened was I ended up with believing that photos had been lost. So I used recovery software to uh, find them again. Spent uh, 12 hours, big hard drive, record my photos. And then about three days into restoring the photos to the new installation of Windows, Mm. Remember that I have Google Photos. <laughs> they were just sitting there waiting for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's I, uh, I, I. If I remember correctly, when I first discovered Google Photos, it wasn't because I'd been using it. It's because I opened it by accident, realized they were all already there, and was like, "Oh, that's convenient." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Yes. Uh, even so, yeah. even as a tech writer, I still surprise myself sometimes about uh, <laughs> things like that. Like, oh, that that just already works. I don't even know how I feel about that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that's um, what's going on with Flickr, and um, you know that story and some of the useful links for that and uh, everything else that we're talking about in this week's podcast will be found in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So you can just uh, wherever you're listening to this, just check the description. You'll find the show notes and uh, just click the relevant story. Um, speaking of stories, unbiased censorship. Unbiased censorship. Wait a minute. Unbiased news sources. Free from yes, censorship. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So I see what you did there because the, uh, the the title of the article that we're referring to is an article by Ryan Doob on the uh, Make Use Of website, um, and it's top five unbiased world news websites free from censorship. But if you slipped your eye down halfway through the first sentence, it does say top five unbiased censorship. Yeah. <laughs> this is a uh, this is unsurprisingly an article with a huge amount of comments either way. And so before we dive into the subject, I think it is worth saying that. The article tries its best to uh, define what a biased news source is, give examples of uh, news sources that Ryan saw to be fairly unbiased. And I would consider Ryan someone who is, uh, if he does have any form of bias, he does not show it. As he has said himself, he's someone that gets accused of being left wing by right wing people on Twitter and right wing by left wing people on Twitter. So, um, that yeah, that immediately at the start, the fact that someone someone like that writing an article and still the comments being a bit of a fire pit, does mm. does not say much to me in terms of whether we're going to come up with an answer to that question. No, we're probably not. We we do have some suggestions, which uh, it is yeah. worth pointing out. Yeah, you know, the comments and general online discourse is usually uh, polarized at the moment. Yeah. Wherever you are, it's it's not just in the English speaking world. It appears to be across Europe and North America. Well, obviously they speak most English. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, um, the 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 South Pacific Islands. Is Australia an island? 
Do we call it an island? It is a very large island. Yeah, it's a, a big island. Continent island, who knows? It's it's a big island, let's call yeah, it that. Yeah, that part of the world anyway, yeah. So, you know... It's ha- of where you are, where, where yeah. there are comment sections. It's it, This isn't just a, uh, a so-called Western problem. I mean, I, I think the polarisation of media and the fact that we all have a voice uh, is something that is endemic now, I believe. Yep, and I think uh, we can um, possibly blame... We can, con- we, we can apportion this to social media, I think, yeah. by giving... So many people are uh, a voice, which might not be the right word, uh, because I'm, I'm pretty sure if you did have a voice, you probably wouldn't be using it to argue with people all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. Uh, the, uh, the article itself, um, it, regardless of whether uh, people agree that they are unbiased news sources, the, uh, the article itself does give various examples of news sources that th- themselves claim to be unbiased i think that's probably the safest way of putting it with yeah. one exception which we'll get to but um uh, uh sh- should i just go through the list yeah please do um, yeah. so uh, uh the list of unbiased news sources here are the associated press um which uh, is known for being unbiased again whether you agree with that or not the wall street general uh, general the wall street journal um which prides itself on its unbiased nature the uh BBC, um, I've skipped over one, I did that on purpose, the BBC, Reuters, and a few other unbiased news sources worth mentioning. And some of these might raise your eyebrows a bit. Um, So Al Jazeera, um, some of you might kind of say, how could that possibly be unbiased? It's based out of Qatar. Um, There's very different rules to the way things are done there. Um, But uh, some say that by the fact that it isn't actually under any kind of uh, influence from America, that it can give, uh, if not unbiased, a different uh, slant on the news yeah. um c-span and npr and christian science monitor which i have been told uh, is not quite it's nothing it to do like. with me i should just um, the Christi- <laughs> <with me>. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, yeah I, 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 i'd be i'd be terrified if i had my own news source or my actually word. this this is this is my science monitor right here what is that is what is, is that is that a oh, it's a raspberry pi display. oh it's a pie it's a pie with a screen yeah. <laughs> And the final one on this list is Pew Research, which is a purely fact-based, um, uh, it's, it's all it polls, it's more based on data. Um, it's still a news source, but uh, it's, I, I would say it's, yeah, uh, uh, more a research site than, uh, oh, that's a good sentence, actually. It's self-described as a non-partisan fact tank. Yes. Um, now, the one that I glossed over in this list is Google News. Um, and I think the the... The reason, and, and sorry, the reason I glossed over it is because to call Google News an unbiased news source would be inaccurate. Google News is a news aggregator, mm. which means it grabs news from wherever you tell it to. You can give it a list of things uh, to, to to grab news from, uh, and uh, you, uh, therefore it's it's you know it's going to give you news from not unbiased sources, but maybe multiple sources biased in different directions. Yeah. Um, and without going too deep into the philosophical arguments and causing rage on the internet, I think rather than searching for an unbiased news source that somebody will, no matter how unbiased you think it is, somebody will tell you it's not, um, maybe reading several biased news sources biased on different ends of the political spectrum might give you a slightly better idea than trying to find a singular source for your news. Again, that's my take on it, and it probably is uh causing rage to somebody right now <laughs> well you know pop stars leaving twitter causes rage yeah. uh I, I i would probably <laughs> say don't go you know this is only my opinion i don't think uh, looking at the more extreme uh arguments on either side is a good place to go try and 
you know, only only pain can be found in those areas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe just don't go to extreme areas. Uh, maybe just try and get get a good balance. Read a few places with different takes on things and make your yes. own mind up. As ever, make your own mind up. Don't let a media organisation dictate what you think. Indeed. Yeah. Um, the easiest thing in the world to do, but um, no, it's not. I'm I'm beginning to sound like David Icke, so I'm going to stop now. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, let's move on to something that might be a little bit safer. Uh, uh, and certainly more practical. Ire. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use a printer? Um, I do, um, but I, I'll be the first to admit that I use a printer because someone gave me their old off uh, offshoot printer, and I am ashamed to admit that I am a tech writer who is one of those people that frequently shouts at printers, why are you not working? <laughs> so uh, this is going to be an interesting article for me. Uh, the thing, but yeah, the uh, the the thing about this article that I specifically like is that there's a lot of articles that talk about cheap printers, but this is about cheap ink, yes. which I think is something that is not talked about enough because printers, no. manufacturers have been getting away with murder. Oh yeah, definitely. Long it's, time. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? They sell printers for like 30 quid. And yeah. then they sell the ink for like thirty quid. Yeah, yeah. I um just amazing. on the matter of expensive cartridges and ink. Uh, some years ago, I worked uh, in the NHS, and it was, they were uh, replacing printers, and it was too expensive to get the printers. If not expensive, then expensive and time-consuming to get the printers are uh, responsibly disposed of. Yeah. So a lot of these printers were given away to members of staff to take home. So yeah. I ended up taking home uh, a laser jet. And these laser jets were, they didn't only come with toner, they came with an imaging drum as well. Mm. So you're not only replacing the ink when something, when the ink runs out, when the imaging drum runs out as well, you've got to replace that. You're yeah. looking at about conservatively £100 mm. to sort out, you know, running out of ink. And then when the imaging drum goes as well, you know, you're looking at 100 maybe, depends on how much printing you do, maybe £100 a year on new ink. Yeah, which is insane, right, it's, um, it's, and I don't think things have changed terms. that much, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, uh, one thing to you know, to, to some of you, when I say this, you'll immediately see how crazy this sounds. But I, I'll explain it for those that might not understand what this means. Um, HP ink cartridges have DRM, or at least had. I don't know if it's still true. Now, for those of you that don't know what that is, that is um, uh, the cartridges, physical ink cartridges that you put in your printer have uh, a, a unique identifiers on them that mean that if HP didn't make them, they will not fit into the printer. So even if you made ink cartridges that are essentially, let's not forget this, plastic boxes with ink in them, even if you made your own ink cartridge that fit perfectly, it would not work with the printer and the printer would throw an error. That's how desperate they were to get you to buy ink from them. Which brings us back to this article. Uh, the great thing about this is these printers aren't the pr cheapest printers you can get, but they are ones that will work with a variety of third-party ink uh, cartridges. Um, and that is something that cannot be uh, sniffed at. Um, so, uh, for, you know, for example, I'm not going to go through the entire list on the podcast. There's a link to this article in the description of the, uh, uh, of the show. Um, but the, there's various... Uh, whatever your printing needs, spending a bit more on a printer that will allow you to use cheaper uh, cartridges will save you more in the long run um and regardless of, you know regardless of how much you print um and i, I mean i don't know i i i don't uh, apart from finding drm on ink cartridges crazy i don't really have opinions on printers i will say one thing i have a, a laser jet uh black printer for printing out things that i need to i do not have a color printer 
And despite being someone that has needed to get stuff printed, I'd say relatively regularly, I've never felt the need to get one because down the road from me is a print shop. Mm-hmm. I can either email them or take a USB stick in. And uh, I know I'm going to get what I want quickly, cheaply, usually with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, so that, that that is something to consider. It's, it, but if you, yeah, if you do need a printer, um, this is a great list of printers that will run for a long time cheaply rather than the 100 quid a year that you're having to fork out. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, do you know, I don't do an awful lot of printing. Yeah. I would say probably a quarter of the printing that I do is um, test print pages <laughs> <laughs> from uh, changing the cartridges because they've kind of dried up. Uh, yeah. My wife does a bit of printing. Mm. Uh, I did a piece of printing last week for my daughter who wrote a song when she's yeah. seven, which was, um, uh, yeah, going to have to like, get by a new keyboard, I think. And, um, and, you know, the last thing I printed out was a script uh, that I basically, because, you know, when you write scripts, it's a good idea to print them out and then yeah. find all the mistakes you couldn't find on the screen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, d- I don't use a print. I, I don't use my printer that much, but I can mm-hmm. guarantee you uh, that the thing that makes me so angry about my printer is when it runs out of ink, I then have to go and buy some more ink. And yeah. it's expensive and it's unnecessarily expensive you can buy printers that are cheaper than ink cartridges yeah it it is it is just crazy i think you know this this um sums up nicely uh uh from the article by uh dan price by the ounce printer ink is more expensive than a high-end bottle of champagne yeah that's the that that, that sums it up isn't it Yeah. yeah that's just amazing so um yeah i mean this um it's probably worth mentioning some of the suggestions here um there's a brother printer HLL230DW, which is $124, which is very good value. And that's, that's a, a laser printer. That's a color laser jet. Wow. Print, yeah. Okay, yeah, that shows how long it's been really since I've actually looked at printers. I was not aware you could get color laser printers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing price. And, you know, Brother are one of the original sort of uh, printer companies as well. Yeah. Uh, they've also got the MFC, which is a multi-function printer with a scanner and fax and sheet feed on top. Uh, also does photos. Uh, this is the Brother MFC J6930 DW, which is uh, $215. Mm. Um, and, but I think, I, I know it, it, it doesn't matter where you're going to go with this, as long as you stay away from Hewlett-Packard, from HP. Yeah. You're paying top end for printer, you're paying top end for ink. And you really want to be going for, I think Epson and Canon have both got affordable systems in place now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, think that's, I think that's the thing. As long as you avoid HP, who are, uh, who are the, as I said before, the ones that had DRM on their ink cartridges, um, I think you're probably going to be, uh, probably going to be okay. And uh, yeah. one other thing that I, I think uh, you probably, if you're listening to this, you probably are already aware. Um, but if you are in a position where you want something uh, which is a little bit like the old school photocopiers in offices, um, we really are at a stage now that, uh, that they're easy enough for kids to use, that they could put something into the scan bed and you can press a single button and it will be printed out in color. Yeah. For parents, that's something that is worth considering, that uh, if you fork out maybe 50 quid more or something, you can get an all-in-one, which will work with your computer, but is essentially also a standalone device. Um, which is, yeah, uh, which may well fit, you know, uh, for you. I can see myself probably getting one of those in the future for that exact reason, for having a sure. standalone, you know, uh, like you said, your daughter had written a song uh, and to be able to, uh, 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 if, if that was, for example, uh, someone had drawn a picture, I'd quite like to be, have a copy of that so I can send it off to the grandmother or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd exactly. be good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Uh, well, so that's uh, that's uh, affordable printers. Keep your Indeed. printing affordable. And you know, if you're not using HP, uh, or even if you are, there are ways of refilling uh, printer cartridges. Uh, you can buy, buy refill kits. Um, mm. They they can get a bit fiddly and messy, so you need to decide whether or not that's going to be practical for you. Uh, bit bit food for thought there. Um, let us move on to our final item, which is DIY computer desks. This one's quite close to my heart, this one. Yeah. Well, do you know what? <laughs> I'm a what? big fan I, of it. The mm. last time I built a computer desk, uh, it's, um, it's well, I, I'm saying build. I didn't really build. Well, I kind of did, but I didn't. Basically, what I did, I had two, I had a desk and a filing cabinet mm. and a set of drawers. And then I had two kitchen surfaces and I basically arranged things in the corner of a room and then put two kitchen services on top of me and in the middle. And I had a computer desk. Yeah, that's and that's exactly what uh, various people I know have done. They've got a yeah. kitchen surface and a couple of IKEA desks and that's and that's uh, that's their desk. Um, and it's something that is so widespread uh, and it, it, it's almost it's almost difficult for me to say, Hey, go and read my article now, because yeah, if you want to, if you really want a cheap desk, find a, find a decent bit of wood and then something to stand it on. If yeah. it has drawers in it, all the better. Um, however, there was a few, cause I, I also have the same deal. I mean, my, my desk, um, my, my computer desk is a secondhand Ikea desk. I just found on Craigslist. Um, but my working desk. So for when I'm doing DIY and raspberry Pi stuff is exactly that. I, opted for something a bit higher because I stand when I do soldering work. So I have two large Ikea drawers with an old uh, shelf on the top of it. um, And that, uh, that works perfectly well for me. However, I will say one thing, it doesn't look particularly nice. Right. And that matters to a lot of people, especially if this is going to be a desk in, you know, in in the main room of your house. And that's where some of these other designs come in. Um, The, one of the things that's quite nice about the uh, some of the trestle desks, so for those of you that aren't familiar with the, the word, that's sort of like an A-frame. Um, uh, f- more famously these days sold by IKEA, they have an adjustable height A-frame. And two of those, obviously, are they're like sawhorses. You know, they're, they're just two things that's freestanding and you can choose what to put on top of it. Uh, since they're made out of wood and they come in a, in a variety of colors and you can choose what you put on top of it, they are sturdy enough to support pretty much anything outside of maybe a stone top. Um, they're movable and they look good enough to be, say, in your living room, you know, sure. um, and uh, th- and that goes for a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the more nice looking ones. Um, uh, there's been a bit of a craze for a while for these steel pipe um, desks as well, which are put together essentially of old uh, iron piping for plumbing. Right. Um, and uh, uh, there, the, yeah, there's Pinterest pages abound of different designs for them because they're extendable. That's the exact point. Right. It's just pipe fittings, you know? Sure. Um, I mean, I would say if you are looking for, uh, it depends what you're looking for. I will say that. Because um, the real question when you're talking about DIY computer desks is should should you bother? Yeah. Is it worth it? Are you going to, uh, are you going to save yourself uh, enough money by putting the time in to build it yourself, or should you just go and buy a cheap desk from, say, IKEA or whatever outlet store you have near you? You know. Um, and uh, what kind? Of, the other question is, what kind of desk do you want? I mean, yeah. The idea of a standing desk a few years ago seemed a bit weird. 
now it's something that almost everyone that works in an office is aware of, if not, uh, you know, uh, seeing around them on a day-to-day basis because desks that you stand at for the health benefits, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, desks that you can adjust to sit or stand at. Uh, and you, if you're going to make those DIY, then you're going to have to put a lot of work in and you're going to spend a little more money. Or you could do what the fella, uh, what was his name? The Brandon Keepers, who's a, a fella who's part of uh, GitHub, um, uh, he got two brackets, shell, two normal shelf brackets and a decent sturdy bit of wood and then made a permanent stand-up desk out of a shelf, essentially. Yeah. So that, to me, I mean, if you've got a, a spare bit of wall space, that seems like a brilliant, that's, that's you know, I mean, he said it was $40. If you've already got a bit of wood, that's less than a tenner yeah, for yeah, a couple definitely. of strong brackets. And then you can sit at your desk, and especially if you're someone that works on a laptop, it's just, it's a question of just, Start walking over the room, you know. Yeah. Um. I must admit, I've for for, for a long time now, I've been uh, I've uh, making a fully DIY uh, electrical, probably counterweight, but still electric uh, stand-up sit-down desk has been a, a real thing I've wanted to do. I just haven't found the time. Um. There's some fantastic tutorials out there for them. I um. You know, we, I mean, we've talked about IKEA a lot. Uh, on this topic and uh you know i've i've done great things with uh ikea stuff in the past i've built a lego table with a five pound table mm. and some lego plates and uh some uh glue mm. um done you know repurpose other bits of um things like spice racks bookshelves and things like that but one of the things i really fancy having but i simply don't have the space for it is uh the the, the motorized adjustable standing desk from ikea yes. That, that yep. big thing it's, it's an awesome table mm. uh, basically you could do so much at it with it um like diy baking uh crafting all, all the yep. stuff like that it just seems that there's so many possibilities but it's so bloody big to get in my little house yeah which is, i think uh, that's yeah. the uh, that's the main thing uh and, and it stands to reason really especially if you're buying a commercial product is that if uh, for the really big standing desks for them to put um uh, the, the real thing uh, here, um, for, for those that uh, aren't familiar with the idea, a standing desk is essentially uh, two actuators. That's what that's the moving parts in a standing desk. And actuators are basically motors on sticks that can take a bit of weight. That's yep. what they are. Um, if you're going to make a big standing desk, you're going to have to put some big actuators in it. Um, uh, and actuators are not the cheapest things in the world which is why most of the standing desks you see, which are smaller, are not designed to take much weight. Uh, and to get one that does take a bit more weight, you're going to spend so much more on the actuators, you might as well sell a bigger desk because not that many people are going to be willing to spend up to a grand on a tiny little desk. You see what I mean? Sure. Um, uh, you can do this yourself. You can buy actuators um, online. And in fact, the cost of them has dropped quite a lot. I was surprised. It's been a while since I looked at them. And, I, uh, and again, one of the options in the list uh, the article that I wrote um, is for someone that made it themselves. And I was pleasantly surprised. Um, you want, having written the article and as, as a lover of DIY, if you want my honest opinion, if you really want a stand up sit down desk and you don't want a long period of testing and working it out, save up, make sure you've got the space and buy an electric stand up desk. Mm. Um, because if you're willing to put that level of commitment into the space it needs and the money it costs, you'll probably get the best use out of it. Sure. So really, anything can be used as a computer desk, can't it? Oh, yeah. 
Well, uh, one of the things in this article was the uh, the old idea, and it's a, a wonderful old story, that when Amazon was starting up, they couldn't afford desks, so they used doors. Sure. And yeah. uh, they stuck uh, feet on it. Um, I, I have to admit that the the idea of that does sound very romantic, doesn't it? Um, it does. <laughs> back I think in the it, day. Yeah, it depends on what sort of door it is, though, I suppose, as well. Well, that's... A covered door I mean, would be more practical than maybe a bathroom door. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you really don't want one of those, you know, one of those doors with all the dimpled bits of glass in it that yeah, yeah. you saw. Or all, the, or, all the, or all the sunken panels. And, exactly. Yeah. And, and beyond that, even if you uh, even if you do have a completely smooth door, um, most internal doors of houses are made of a couple of thin bits of wood uh, with a, uh, essentially air in between. They don't yeah. need to be strong. And you don't want to be sticking a heavy computer monitor on one of those. No. Um, which is so as much as the uh, uh, nice romantic idea of the Amazon um, uh, door desks is, you know, it's very nice to think. Oh, when Amazon was starting out, they were a small company; they were saving money. Really, to get a solid door and to put legs on it, you're gonna, you might as well buy a desk at that stage, yeah. totally, or at least yeah. buy a decent piece of wood and four legs and not call it a door, you know. Um, but either way. You can make a, you can absolutely make a computer desk out of anything, um, and if you uh, spend a very small amount of time, um, just uh, even on YouTube, you'll find there are some fantastic plans for incredibly cheap desks for things you could get at your local Home Depot or B and Q or wherever your nearest uh, uh, hardware shop is. Um, so, yeah, if you want to make, if you want to make a simple desk, get some wood and do it. If you want an electric stand-up sit-down desk, I'd suggest saving up and buying one. Sure. So, uh, yeah, that is this week's really useful podcast uh, in which we've uh, discussed the uh, new gear from Apple and why you might want it, uh, how to uh, overcome the uh, new limits on Flickr. Um, clue, you can't overcome them. You need to get your gear out of Flickr, your photos mm-hmm. out of Flickr, if, if there's more than a 1,000 of them. Um, unbiased news sources that are free of censorship, and does such a thing exist. Mm-hmm. The best printer for use with cheap ink to keep your printing budget as low as possible, and DIY computer desks. I think we're both people who have used DIY computer desks. Absolutely. And uh, I've, I've, the one I described was actually part of a larger system which had um, some uh, shelves. You know that metal. You know those um, metal rails that you connect to the wall. Then um, mm-hmm. you, you put your shelves into them. I'd actually yeah. um, arranged mine so that I had an extra long piece that I could use for stand-up work. Ah, that's ideal. Yeah. 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 So, so that works. I think at the time I had, uh, I was using a Surface, I was using a Microsoft Surface Pro mm. uh, tablet with a docking station mm. with hard drives connected to it and two displays so mm. I could switch between sitting down and standing up. It was yeah. all very complicated, needlessly complicated, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I did find a lot of benefit from standing up. But uh, as I say, you know, uh, and as, as Ian said, shelves make desks, tables. Mm make desks i tell you what this table's a lot more sturdier than a honeycomb door yeah uh we can be caught on itunes spotify uh google Podcasts, and all the other big podcast places you can listen to us in the car via stitcher as well i think you've got one of those uh, stitcher systems yeah and uh, uh as well as uh, as you mentioned at the the start uh, the these shows are also being uh videoed now so for those of you that are watching us on youtube hello, hello. you get the wave um, bye um and uh, and bye but and also just a, a big thank you as christian has mentioned before since we did start the youtube channel it's been amazing how many people i mean we've, we've just broken a thousand subscribers wow uh, thank you very much for that 
Um, and uh, uh, yeah, all of these will be uh, uh, uploaded as videos as well. Um, but uh, that's, again, something we can maybe talk about in the future is video podcasts and how uh, the best way to enjoy video podcasts. Well, maybe something we cover well, one day. I would say click on them that says really useful podcast. But, uh, that's, hey. that's great self-advertising. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a pleasure, Christian. It's, it's always nice to chat about this kind of stuff. Thank you for inviting me. Not a problem, Ian. Um, you can get in touch with us, uh, viewer slash listener, uh, with your questions and maybe uh, suggestions of uh, content for us to uh, discuss until next time that's all from the really useful podcast bye-bye bye